Okay, so anyone who knows me, and honestly, at this point, anyone who listens to the podcast, because I guess we've just (laughs) gotten real close around here, knows that I do not wear bras. And like, that's not some sort of an over-exaggeration. You can ask any of my friends. I truly do not ever wear bras. However, there have recently been some circumstances where like, I just have to. I've been saying yes to more things. I feel like we've been going to more events and there are just some outfits. I got to do it. And when I tell you I have finally found a bra that makes wearing one bearable. Like I'm never going to be an everyday bra wearer. It's not in the cars for me. But when I have to, the only bras I can wear are skims, which I'll get into the specific ones in a second, but we all know this comes as no surprise. Like I have been an OG diehard skims fan since day one. I am a fan of every single product they make. You know the way I feel about the underwear, the clothes, all of it. But now adding bras to the mix, specifically the Fits Everybody t-shirt bra, because You guys know the way I feel about the Fits Everybody collection. I could talk about that for forever, but specifically the t-shirt bra, it's just so comfortable. I don't know, the straps don't dig into you. It's probably the only bra I've ever worn where when I get home, I'm not like dying to take it off, which I cannot express how massive of a feat that is for someone like me. It's just comfortable and it just does what it needs to do. And I am such a fan, which like no surprise, I love everything Skims makes, but here to confirm the bras are as good as you would think that they are. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A through 46H. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. It's summertime, and that means it's time to get outside and enjoy the weather with some crisp, refreshing Bud Lights. Bud Light has the perfect summer lineup with Bud Light Lime and Bud Light Orange, both brewed with real citrus peels. New and just in time for summer is Bud Light Lemon Tea, brewed with real lemon peels and tea leaves. It's the ideal drink for summer, but it's only here for a limited time, so get it before it's gone. And to really get you in the summer spirit, Bud Light is giving everyone the chance to win the getaway of a lifetime. You can win two tickets aboard a VIP cruise to the Bahamas this summer, featuring a live performance by Jake Owen, and of course, plenty of Bud Light. For a chance to win, simply post your Bud Light summertime photos using the hashtag RealEnoughToGetAway and hashtag BudLightContest on Facebook and Instagram. See BudLight.com slash RealEnoughToGetAway for more details. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And we're the girls behind Comments by Celebs. <laughs> and welcome to Jordan Gate Part 5. I cannot believe those words are coming out of my mouth. I, I can't believe what I'm about to say, but I think you're going to think it too. God, I hope this is the last part. I know. It's too much for everyone involved, like aside from obviously all of them, but also all of us. It's, it's really, it brings up a lot of emotions, more than I even would want to admit. More than I even knew I had. <laughs> I know. More than, yeah, definitely than Julie knows she had. Um, here's the deal, full disclosure. We just finished recording our emergency Taylor Swift Scooter Braun podcast. So he, honestly, typically anything involving this Jordan Gate saga, we would be like so intensely. It would be the only thing we could focus on. But because of what happened yesterday, we couldn't. So our attention was almost split in two ways. So I almost feel like this episode, we're basically going to be talking about everything for the first time because last night we didn't even have a chance to talk about it. Like yeah. last night we were so focused on getting the facts together for that one. So this is – you're really seeing this. Like I wish you could see what's going on in this room right now. I mean this is in real time – like <laughs> I know it, I, this is going to be such a good one because we really like this is an example where we haven't spoken about it yet. Let me tell you what happened. We watched the episode. Obviously, Julie does the initial outline. And then I knew because as we were watching it, so many things were coming out. Like that's when Scott Borchetta released his statement and stuff. So we rewatched it. And Julie went in the other room and started working on the Taylor Swift outline. And I rewatched this episode to fill in all the blanks to this outline. So a lot of moving pieces. But thanks for sticking with us. And 
here we go. Let's let's get into it for the last time. Okay. Also, it's so important to note this is the season finale. So this is going to be last our last recap episode for a little while. It's very sad. I was really loving the recaps, but there's so many other obviously. Oh, we're going to have like now we get to do whatever the fuck we want. Yeah, there's pretty a, cool. a plethora of things in the world of Kardashian that we could do bonus episodes on, so don't worry. Here we go. So, the episode kind of starts out by doing the same thing that they did previously, which is they're showing the first cheating scandal and they're showing the scenes from last week. And the whole conversation kind of centers around the fact that Chloe was not allowed to really freak out the first time. Obviously, you guys remember, when this happened for the first time pre-Jordan, she was nine months pregnant. Like, she had a baby to take care of. She could not have that same visceral reaction that she had this time. And everybody was almost tiptoeing around that issue because they had never seen her fully freak out about something like this. Right. Right? So we go to Courtney's house, and she's doing this photo shoot for Poosh, which Julie's, like, cheering on in the corner. Oh, my God. It was the best part of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> so Kim and Courtney are having this conversation about how they really feel like Chloe just isn't letting it out. And they're afraid that she's going to explode, which honestly, first of all, she did, which we get into later, but so are we. Like, yeah, I felt the exact same way. Her level of calmness, it was almost like when you, in a tornado, like, the eye of the storm. Like, it's calm, and then it fucking goes batshit. That's what this was yeah. in, in a lot of ways. And... Kim basically says, like, let's take a girl's trip to Palm Springs and see if, see if Chloe's down for it, kind of escape all of this and just clear our heads, which anytime they even mention the Palm Springs house, we could not be more down. Because I have to say, best investment they've ever made. That Palm Springs house gets so much usage. So much. I know. You would think that it's maybe for, like, weekends one and two of Coachella. Oh, hell no. Feeling a little down? Palm Springs house. Like, want a girl's getaway? Palm- like, I would go there if I owned that house forget about it but they're so you know the thing about having a vacation house a lot of times it's like okay use it in season or use it use it when you're going down for something specific this is just oh my god best decision they best ever made decision. can't and you know what can't believe they functioned without it pri- previously same i feel how like, that is how i feel about so many things like that's how i feel about kim's house how did kim kardashian and kanye west ever exist in a time when they didn't live in that house where did kim hang out before that bathroom yeah what, what, her closet? Is she crazy? What, the, the living, living room? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now they're in the car. This is a very important scene because we always love to sit, like we always love when the scenes in the show are so reminiscent of an exact social media time that we remember, which I'm about to get into. So they're in the car. It's Chloe, Courtney, Kim, and Malika. And I wrote, and Chloe's pink Birkin because quite frankly, it stole the show. I mean, I don't know if you guys saw, she's wearing this like massive pink coat with this hot pink Birkin. And I, we got so many DMs about the Birkin. I was like, trust me, I'm freaking out too. Forget, forget it. Anyway, so Tristan's texting Chloe because he just can't stop apparently. And she's like, oh, Tristan texts again. And he's saying, you deserve a spa day. And she's like, shut the fuck up. And obviously so are we. Yeah, duh. Like, you deserve a spa day. No, no problem. Just like hook up with my fucking sister's best friend in the entire world. But like a massage will take it all away. I mean, I guess what is he supposed to say? Like what else do you suggest? But not that. Mm, not that. Although in his defense, which I can't even believe I'm saying those words, there is absolutely nothing he could say that would make me like smile at, at, at the thought of him. So he could have said anything and I still right. would have been down for it. Anyway, so, you know, Chloe's just saying that there's so many texts and she isn't really responding. And at this point, it's only been two days. So what she says, she's like, I have to make sure that my mental health is okay so that I can be there for me and for my daughter, which, of course, as we said, like, true was her priority. This was really interesting. If you guys remember when this was all actually breaking, Kim posted a video of them in the car singing these songs like Get Your Own Man, super shady, super catty on the way. We see in this episode the behind the scenes of them doing it. 
it didn't come across, and tell me if you agree with this, as planned as it seemed when we watched it on our phones, meaning it seemed like that was just Courtney's playlist. It was. It, it, what happened was Courtney put on this, quote, breakup playlist that she had. And the song that came on, they all looked at each other like, how fucking fitting is this? So they're all singing to it. The way it seemed from the other lens is that somebody went through, picked that specific song, and they sang it and released it on, on social media platforms. That's how it seemed prior to seeing this episode. Yeah, which was honestly kind of, not that I needed another reason to like the Kardashians, but it made me like them even more. Because I was like, okay, that would have been super shady of you. And, and it wasn't. Right. I mean, or so they say, and I'm going to choose to believe them. We get into later some like major drama about that, but let's just go chronologically. So now we're back at Kylie's house. And personally, the conversation between Chris and Kylie is one that I really was dying to see. Like, I think that that, number one, you know, Chris is definitely, with the exception of Kylie, the closest to Jordan, for sure. Yeah. She was like a second mother to her, number one. And I think that Chris is the only person in this moment that Kylie was being 100% truthful with because... I think she was holding back a little with Chloe because she never wanted to feel like she was victimizing herself when clearly Chloe was the victim. And I think with Kim, she almost didn't want to rile her up, maybe. Yeah. And I think the other thing is that Chris and Kylie just have such a special relationship that I think that Kylie, you know, maybe wasn't even willing to open up, regardless of their reactions, just didn't want to open up to any of the other ones, period. It's very possible. So Kylie says to Chris, she knows she put me in an uncomfortable position, to say the least. Honestly, we're like not really talking. And Chris is saying, you know, this is like a divorce, which is what we have been saying this entire time. This is a, this is fully a breakup. I mean, they consider them, they literally used to say they're married. They're like, this is my wife. Yeah. And Kylie's saying that she's like so upset because she cares so much about her family, but she's like, I also care so much about Jordan. It's not like this happens and all of a sudden she just forgets that she ever cared about Jordan. And she says, Jordan is the most important, most important person in my life. That was yeah, super intense. It's so, it's so, so, so heartbreaking. The Kylie scenes honestly get me more than the Chloe scenes did because I just, you know, at least Chloe knows where her loyalties lie in the sense that it's like herself first, her daughter, that's it. It doesn't matter about anybody else. With Kylie, it's like there are these conflicting feelings of like, I have to protect my sister. I know I do. It's blood over, like blood is thicker than water. At the same time, Jordan has been in my life and like done everything right by me up until this point. And also it's like, I'm sure she feels this overwhelming sense of guilt that she still loves Jordan. Like, it, it's just a lot of emotions for Kylie to deal with. And also, Kylie is so young. We forget that. One, because of her empire. Two, because of the fact that she's a mother. Like, her image. We forget the fact that she's literally 21 years old. I mean, and in this episode, it's like she blew me away. She's so, like, mature. I can't and wait to talk about that. I can't wait to talk. We'll talk about it later. But I, it, it, it just goes into the reasons why we forget how young she truly is totally and so in her conversation with with chris we then get these flashbacks and it was like the producers were trying to fucking kill us it's a montage of montage like a montage (laughs) it's like kylie and jordan growing up and all of their times together and everything from you know when they were in ninth grade to them being at kylie's house and it was so emotional i don't know about you i I can't handle it i was very choked up So Chris asks, she's like, listen, just on a totally practical level, like, where is she living? And Kylie says, she's like, you know, she knows she can't be here, but I didn't actually tell her she couldn't stay. She just knew and she went to her mom's. And then she says, and I quote, she's on some sort of personal journey that I'm obviously not supportive of. What was interesting to me was that, and and we obviously didn't talk about this, I don't know your thoughts. It was like, instead of saying she just made a mistake, it was like she is, I felt like her saying she's on some sort of a personal journey was almost making it evident of like this one action is 
is indicative of a bigger thing that she's clearly going through because no one that wasn't going through something like that could have possibly done something like that. Do you and know? the other thing that's interesting about that statement is that it was before Red Table Talk, so it's not like considering, you know, she did this one thing messed up and then did a whole press thing, and this is a journey that she's on through this one specific thing. That came prior. I think there are other, maybe not issues that they were having, but other things that maybe are coming to light now that, that Kylie's now looking back on and realizing like, okay, this was kind of off. Okay, this is part of this. This is all fills into a bigger picture. If you remember when this happened initially, one of my first thoughts was like, even if Kylie, I'm saying back and like when it actually happened, even if Kylie 100% forgave her and they went on, I said to you, there would be no part of her that wouldn't feel a little weird with her, with Jordan and Travis being alone at the house. And I almost felt like this was a scene where she was rethinking all, like you just said, everything she's been through with Jordan and probably like going through her mind. You know it's I mean? so interesting that you say that because I just don't know if I agree with that statement. I do. I know you do. And I'm not saying for you not to like, I just don't know if I do. I'm not saying that Jordan would do anything with Travis. I mean, J- Travis would never be in that situation, but I, I think that, <laughs> oh really, God forbid, he's like not equating him to Tristan even no, in no, the no, little side. But I'm saying, I think that it's only human nature for Kylie to start to really think for a second about, yeah, you know, about if that's Well, and that's one of the things that Kylie was saying was like, if you can do this to somebody who's this close to me in my family, then you can do it to me. And that's why I'm scared of you. That was the word she used. So I, I, I get what you're saying. I don't know if I necessarily agree that like Kylie's necessarily thinking that, but I understand where you're coming from. She then says, I just don't know how we're going to mend our relationship if if she doesn't fix it with Chloe. And she says like, when I found out about this, she's like, all I was thinking about was Chloe. She's like, everybody keeps asking me like how I feel. She's like, I'm number one, I'm numb. And number two, like, I'm less concerned for myself. I'm really just concerned for Chloe. I've, we have always said this, that Kylie and Chloe have an incredibly close relationship. Yeah. Like, to me, that's always stuck out more than Kendall and Chloe, more than anyone almost. And I, this was like, talk about yeah. a, a bond. And this was so interesting. If you guys remember when this all broke, the Jordan lip kits were on sale. And in our oh, initial, this was so, this was so interesting. interesting. In our initial episode when it happened, we were like, we were fully wrong, but at the time we were like, there's no fucking way that Kylie didn't know about this. We're like, she's way too calculated. That's what I said, at least. I think you you may have been right, but I was like, there's no way um, that she that she didn't know about this. Like nothing goes on sale without her permission. And I, you either agreed with me or you said- I disagreed with you. I said that I think, if and I could be wrong, but I think what I said was- Kylie's position in the company isn't um, isn't the day-to-day what goes on sale and what doesn't. With that being said, it is unlikely that somebody would have made a move like that without consulting her, without at least telling her about it. Right. So what we find out in this episode was that that was not nearly as calculated as we all kind of thought. And that what happened was she, Kylie literally saw that the Jordan lip kits were on sale. Like she saw on Twitter and she's like, oh, I thought it was Photoshop. She's like, and then I went onto the website and I saw that they were. She was like, that was a sale that I had approved weeks ago because they were changing over the packaging from white to black. So there was like six lip kits that they were trying to get rid of. And the Jordan one was one of them. She's like, and when I saw that, I obviously immediately took them off sale, but the damage was already done. I can only imagine how frustrating that must have been in that moment. You know what's interesting about that playing out? If I remember correctly, when that happened, everyone's reaction to that was like, oh my God, that's so shady. That, But I don't remember anyone attacking Kylie and being like, how dare she do that so wrong? Like, I think that public perception of Kylie in this situation was so different than public perception of Chloe. Chloe, everyone was really ready to attack. And like, they were either protect or, protect or attack. With Kylie, it was like, like, let's just leave her alone. Like, it could be shady, but it wasn't wrong. 
Do you agree with that? I completely agree. No, no one was, yeah, 100%. No one was necessarily shading her. But I, I think it was more so, I think Kylie wasn't concerned about public perception. I think she was concerned about Jordan thinking that she did that. No, no, totally. That's what was but going that, on. But I'm saying is it would have been like Kylie having the Jordan lip kits go on sale. If there was a good American Jordan gene that had gone on sale and it was a similar situation, people would have attacked Chloe. No one, I don't think, if I'm remembering correctly, I don't believe anybody attacked Kylie for this. I think it was just like, oh, that's a shady fucking move. I think you're totally right. And then she says the scene ends by her saying, like, I just hope there's a light at the end, at the end of the tunnel, but I don't see it right now. Okay, we are pausing to tell you guys about one of our favorite companies. You've heard us talk about it before, but we're going to talk about it again. We're here to talk about Third Love. Julie? I can't say enough good <laughs> things about this bra. I really can't. It's the best bra I've ever owned. <laughs> okay. So Third Love uses data points generated by millions of women who have taken their Fit Finder quiz to design bras with breast size and shape in mind for a perfect fit and premium feel. The thing about Third Love is that they have more sizes than most other brands. So they have more than 70 sizes, including their signature half cup sizes, which is amazing, by the way. Like if you're a B and a half, you're in between a B and a C, how many times does that happen? Also, the convenience of it. You can skip the trip. So you find your fit with the Third Love online Fit Finder quiz. You order it. You try it on at home. And there's no more of those like weird fitting room experiences where someone's like chasing you around with the tape measure. I mean, I, I so vividly remember feeling that way and just hating it. <laughs> also, I listen, I've been super transparent. I don't wear bras ever. I don't like for myself, never. This is the only bra that I wear when I have to wear one. And Julie knows that's the truth. She's it's nodding. Hardcore the truth. <laughs> so here's how the quiz goes. You answer a few simple questions to find your perfect fit in 60 seconds. Over 12 million women have taken the quiz to date. It's fun and it takes less than a minute. So the thing is, breast shape like matters so much when finding a good fit. And you can identify your breast size, the shape, the fine styles that fit your body. It's so customized. Like, isn't that a good way to describe it? It's just so... Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're literally the I biggest I can't advocates. say enough good things. I really can't. I know. The best thing is that there's a 100% fit guarantee. So every customer has 60 days to wear it, wash it, put it to the test. If you don't love it, you can return it. And third level, wash it and donate it to a woman in need. It's amazing. Also, the returns and exchanges are free and easy. So Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone. So right now they're offering our listeners 15% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash celebs now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. Again, that's thirdlove.com slash celebs for 15% off today. Okay, now back to the show. So I know we're all kind of operating at a different skill level when it comes to makeup. Like I have some friends who they do their makeup and it looks like they got it professionally done. I have others who know nothing about any products. And then I would say I'm somewhere in the middle, like by no means am I very skilled, but I think I can hold my own. And in terms of my everyday, I'm just doing mascara, lip gloss, and maybe a little bit of highlighter on my inner corner. So if I'm only using a few products, I need them to be excellent. And I've recently been very into the Thrive Cosmetics mascara, which I'll tell you about in a second, but just in general, a note on the company. For every product purchase, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive, which I just love knowing that I'm buying from a company that does that. And in terms of their mascara, so it's the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. You guys have seen that. It's the Viral Turquoise Tube. I've saw it all over social media before I ever started using it. And it's a unique formula that creates tubes around each eyelash to lengthen them. It's also super easy to remove. So it slides right off with warm water. It doesn't leave smudges. And the ingredients are really nourishing. So they support longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It really just gets the job done. Like you will see what I mean when you try it. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash CBC. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash CBC for 10% off your first order. 
so we now transition back to the Palm Springs house, which again we are just so thrilled anytime we're there. We could literally it could, nothing could have happened in this episode. I would still been happy at the. It Palm could have Springs been no house. one and just like the chef in the Palm Springs house. We would watch the entire thing. Mm-hmm. So first off, Sia sends a video just like saying how sorry she is for Chloe, and it's always funny to see the behind the scenes of celebrity relationships. Like I knew they were close, but I didn't know that Sia was sending her a personal video. It was almost like right. she sent her a cameo. Yeah, <laughs> you know, celebrity cameo breakups. Yeah, that'd be fucking funny. And Courtney is still on this thing of like. Chloe, I just want you to scream and let it all out. So they FaceTime Kamora Lee Simmons, who I have always said is a fucking boss. Like, yeah. I've always been a fan of her from the baby fat days. Like, Oh, my God. Ago. Please. I loved her. And she comes out guns fucking blazing. And she's like, listen, you guys are too nice. She's like, this is ridiculous. Like, you need you're, – you deserve to be mad. You need to show that you're mad so that you can demand the respect. She's like, fuck this bullshit of everybody thinking they can walk all over you. Like, that's not you guys. Stand up for yourself and stand up for these people trying to take your men. And we're, like, sitting there clapping. Like, we're like <laughs> – Fuck yes, Kamara. But I have to say that if you saw on Twitter and, and like the internet this morning, she got a lot of backlash for that scene. People were not down for her. They felt like she riled. That Not just that she riled Chloe. It was like it, it was from the perspective of people who probably already disliked the Kardashians. It was just like it, it, it brought it back to the narrative of um, the amount of people that the Kardashians have. Uh, had relationships with that have been in previous relationships like the whole black china situation and all of that and kylie and tyga um so people were like you're gonna tell them to get mad meanwhile they've done similar things i don't agree with that i'm just saying that like there was definitely uh, a public perception that kimura was a little uh over the top mm-hmm. so chloe kind of has this awakening i think it was partially kimura partially the tequila and she's like fuck you're right she's like you want clone money to come back she's coming back and i'm like fuck, fuck yeah, yes I, Chloe I money you, money which, by the way, in our regular episode when we do the Kardashian recap, we will obviously talk about Chloe's birthday party where she had the Chloe money sign and name glow, obviously. But anyway, so she says to Kim, she's like, you and mom have calmed me down so much and like we're better than this and this is not who we are. You're going to ruin our name. She's like, fuck that. I'm so done with this public perception game that we're all playing. I deserve to be mad. And in that moment, I kind of had a couple things. Number one, I totally get where Chris and Kim are coming from, obviously. Like, don't, you know, don't react out of pure emotion. Think it through. I get all of that. But then I was thinking, if this was Kim, which I cannot imagine Kim ever being in this situation, but if it was, she would not be so calm. Like, she'd be, no, no, listen, she'd be rational and she wouldn't tweet out of emotion. I fully believe that. But she would do, I think that Kim would be really like, calculatedly spiteful in a, in a really positive way almost. She wouldn't behave the way Chloe did, but I don't think she would have 100% like glossed over it. No, I, I honestly am not 100% sure what she would have done, but I'll tell you, I thought that whole thing about Chloe calming down and at like at the hands of Chris and Kim was so, so interesting because the, first of all, the way I feel about this episode, and, and we're going to get this obviously more, is that this was the most behind the scenes behind the scenes we've ever gotten. Mm-hmm. I mean, the whole comment about, you know, I'm, I used to be, you know, so angry all the time and I used to react and I don't anymore because Chris and Kim made me calm down for the purpose of public perception. I just thought that was so interesting to hear just, you know, cause she's right. Chloe always was the one with the temper. We don't see it from her anymore. And it was just, it was just that piece of information that was like, you made me do this. You made me like this. And it's not just in this moment. It's over time yeah she's like it's across the board so she says she's like you know we're not doing this the chris jenner way anymore that's what kim says they call they call uh, chris and they tell her that and then 
Chloe's like, listen, call Kanye. Like, that's someone I can relate with at the moment. So they call, they call Kanye. They get Kanye and face him. Let me tell you, tell me this isn't P. Kardashian. We're in the goddamn Palm Springs house. Kanye West is on FaceTime and they're drinking tequila. Like, what first of all Kim here is so funny like I love seeing their like real interactions because Kanye's like the connection wasn't working so he was in a dark room like it was all black and she was like I can't see you like I need to see your face to speak to you and he's like why and she's like I'm not doing the goddamn bird box challenge with you I was like that's fucking funny yeah no it was very funny so Kanye kind of like you know is totally in support of Chloe and getting it all out and all that kind of stuff and Malika makes a joke like yeah Kanye says just tweet it out and then you'll feel better it was it was very funny Anyway, this I thought was fascinating. So Chloe then, first of all, they're going on a FaceTime rant, by the way. Like everyone from Chris to Kanye to Kamora Lee, like they're just FaceTiming anybody who will listen. It was kind of like when you're in a panic and just need to talk about it. It's also so like relatable. Like there's been so many times where like I feel like all of our friends like have sat down and it's like FaceTime this person, FaceTime this person, FaceTime this person. Like I feel like everybody does that. That's what we do when we have like a really good day when we want to tell people things. It's like we go from calling like my dad to my aunt to your mom to like Isabel's mom. Like you know what I mean? So they FaceTime Savas, who is obviously Tristan's best, best, best friend, but also has become so close with Chloe. And he's at Tristan's house. So he like runs upstairs to take the call, like, you know, not to talk to, to Chloe. And in he front says, of he's like, I, I went upstairs and Chloe's like, oh, you're with the devil. Yeah. She's like, oh, you're at the devil's house. She's like, fuck you, Tristan, if you can hear me. And I'm just like, oh, my God, I see I see it building in her. Yeah. Like, I feel it. And Savas is like, I have never seen Tristan like this before, ever, which good, good, quite frankly, you know. So this was really, really interesting. In all of the promos leading up to this for the past couple of weeks, we've seen the scene where Chloe is sitting there screaming liar at the phone. In the last episode when we were talking about this, because I was saying how excited I was for this week, I said this is when she was lying on the phone when she was saying that Tristan was a liar. And everybody like messaged me like, love you guys. But by the way, that's not what she was saying about. She was saying about Jordan on Red Table Talk. I was actually right. Like I thought How that I was wrong. bold of them to assume that we were wrong before even seeing the episode. And, well, you thought, everybody thought I was wrong. I thought I was wrong too. I never said you were wrong. I, I just thought, wasn't sure. I thought I was wrong too. I was like, oh, duh, that's about Red Table Talk. But it wasn't. What it was was Savas tells Chloe that Tristan says that he didn't kiss her. And that's when Chloe screams liar. She's like, they both admitted it to me. Like you can't go back now that you're you realize how much damage has been done. You admitted it to me. Oh. So Malika's obviously there. Oh God, this part broke me. Tell them. <sighs> Malika's there, obviously, and she does the interview where she is talking about Chloe and how she just hopes that she can find somebody who will treat her right. And she starts to cry and she's like, I know she's gonna be all right, I'll make sure of it. And she's like, really it just uh, Malika is the definition of ride or die. I totally agree with you. I really do. Um, so they go upstairs, whatever, and they're doing all these face masks and trying to, you know, get, I don't know, deal with the pain. Chloe, Chloe's very drunk, and Chloe and Courtney are kind of playing, like, remember how back in the day they were very rough with each other? That's kind of what was happening. They yeah. were, like, roughhousing. So they call Chris, and Chris is like, okay, go to bed. And, and Chloe's like, okay, Oprah. I don't know why I just love that line. And it was so funny. <laughs> yeah. So we wake up in Palm Springs. Everybody's a little hungover. We all woke up in Palm Springs. <laughs> I, the, the episode took season. All of a sudden, I was opening my eyes in the Palm Springs house. I fully felt like I was there. And this was, I think, my favorite scene of the entire episode. This was when Kylie calls Kim. And Kylie is truthfully like the voice of reason yeah. in all of this. She calls, Which is usually Kim, I have to say. Yeah. Uh, or Chloe. Yeah. It, it, they, the, the Kim and Chloe usually switch between that role. I'd never really heard... And it's because Kylie isn't on camera as much. I've never heard Kylie really take on that role. So Kylie, you know, calls Kim and she basically 
is confronting her about the Snapchats of them singing in the car. And she says, and I quote, I think we're bigger than this. I think we're bigger than this and better than this. And if you want to get mad and call her and scream at her or we can all talk, that's fine. But we don't need to bully. That's all I'm saying. Because she saw the videos of Kim in the car singing like Get Your Own Man as bullying. Kim had deleted them before Kylie even called her and like recognized that it was wrong. She kind of just did it in the moment and didn't mean to. But I felt like Kim had a real realization of like, you know what? Kylie's right. Like this is regardless of how fucked up it was, Jordan has been in our family forever. This is not the way to deal with it. There's two things I have to say about this. One, when Kim's like, I had them up for only five minutes and I deleted them, but it was too late, like whatever, they're everywhere. I was like, Kim needs to know at this point that two seconds is all it takes. Not even. Any of them put anything up on social media, there is, there's, uh, there's a one second life to it before it's everywhere else. And like, you just can't delete it. And Kim needs to know that and like, understand that fully and think things through before posting and this is just an example of showing that they're human and they make mistakes and this was just a mistake but i will also say that i as heartbreaking as it was loved kylie in this just the voice of reason yes but also like trying to be so protective over jordan still and like trying to spare her feelings and she's crying and we finally see like that emotion in her. It was just, oh my God. Well, she starts crying when she says, she's like she's telling Kim that Jordan came to get her stuff from the house and that, you know, she wanted to talk to her because like she was just going to come get the stuff and Kyle's like, well, can you come inside? Like, can we talk? And she said she came inside and she's like, I just saw the look in her eyes. She's really going through it. and she broke down on the phone and that was so emotional yeah. because forget about Kylie, whatever, like just think about Jordan for a second. Imagine seeing Kylie for the first time and having dealt with, like, I just can't even imagine. I can't imagine Kylie having to deal with being so torn, not even torn between the two of them. It's not like the two of them are putting her in. It's her own personal feelings that are like, it's my sister. It's my best, best, best friend who's been there. Like, I, I, I know. I know. I know. (laughs) The next scene was also one of – there were a lot of really good scenes with Kim. So they're at – we leave Palm Springs and they're at Kim's house and it's Kim and Jonathan sitting in the kitchen. And Kim's saying that like the publicity from all of this is insane, which again, we're like, duh. Duh. And she says, I loved this part. She's telling Jonathan that she texted Larsa and told her that she had to stop commenting and like speaking to TMZ. She's like, because it's not right and it makes everyone around us look like they're trying to profit off of this situation. And she says, it's looking super fucking lame of you answering TMZ, walking down the street. All It looks like we're all looking to get a little extra shine out of this situation. I Fuck yes. First of all, I never in a million years thought that we would see it. It was almost like Kim was pleasantly reprimanding Larsa. That's how it felt. She was being so candid about it, which was so cool. Behind the scenes, behind the scenes. And also, like, I remember watching that video of Larsa. Number one, her commenting on the Hollywood Unlocked post. And number two, her walking down the street kind of talking to TMZ and being like, listen, it's not your place. If Chloe's not going to do it, who the fuck are you to do it? Right. Like, uh, uh, Larsa's still talking to Hollywood Unlocked. She gave an interview recently and was like, you know, if Chloe, had, I mean, if Jordan had just apologized after this whole thing, then they would have just moved on. It wouldn't have been. It's like, stay in your fucking lane. And she may have gotten approval from that. I don't know. But I, in this particular scene, I really got where Kim was coming from. And she's like, Kim's saying to Jonathan, she's like, everybody's saying like the Kardashian PR machine. And she's like, we're not doing anything. Like, it's, the internet is literally out of control. Here's the thing. The Kardashians do have a PR machine. I remember f- watching this all unfold. It wasn't them. They didn't have to blow up the story into anything that it, like bigger the than it was. The story was the story. The story was the story. I was sitting there and I was like, 
I was like, come on, just mention there's a podcast. Mention there's a podcast. Like, mm-hmm. I thought there was like a one a 0.0001% chance. I was like, and this podcast came out. <laughs> Could you imagine? No, I would have dropped dead on the spot. We on wouldn't be doing this right the now. the spot. Well, someone messaged us and was like, when she was looking at the comments, when she was saying that someone comments, she's like, she knows about you. Like, she saw the comments. I was like, yes, she knows comments exist. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's heard about Instagram comments before. It was so funny. So... This was, I mean, I know I keep saying this, but all of the scenes were so intense. No, the whole, I, I, I honestly, with everything going on with the whole Taylor Swift situation, I forgot that this episode was also fucking incredible and so intense. I thought it was like another recap that we're doing. And then as we're going through it, I'm like, oh my God, I forgot. I, and it feels like another life and it was less than 24 hours ago. So Chloe pulls up to Kim's house, by the way, in her, I think it was the Rolls Royce truck, wasn't that what the car she was driving? And it was fucking sick if oh you, yeah if you follow them closely they've chloe's been recently posting on her story like um the platinum group which is like a car i don't know car detailing place like, yeah that was and it, it looked like the car in that anyway so chloe gets into her car and she's tracy gets in the car with her and she's like what the fuck jordan is doing red table talk and they tell kanye they're like what is going on so while while chloe and tracy tracy's obviously their family publicists are in the car Tristan is like calling Kim and Kim doesn't answer. That was cool to see too. Yeah. So Chloe's freaking out. She's like, did Jada tell anyone? Like get my mom on the phone right fucking now. So Kent, Chloe's now on the phone with Kendall and Chris. Kendall and Chris are together. And she's like, are you she's like are you kidding me jordan can't call me to apologize she never once called me not one time after she admitted it but she can fucking go on red table talk like chloe was fuming Fuming. i would say more fuming than last night when she called tristan a liar because she was fully sober at this point yeah and she's like mom did you know about this and like chris is saying she's like yeah jada texted me to tell me about it and chris responds and it was like oh i don't know about that and then she chris said that she told jada to call her the next morning and that jada never did chloe flips on chris like fully flips on chris she's like wait a fucking second jada texted you to tell you that jordan is potentially doing red table talk and you didn't say a word to me are you kidding me she's like you are so concerned about your relationships and perception and what all this stuff that you're not being supportive to your own daughter it was like it was that was a fight with Chris Jenner that we haven't seen come out in a while and if you remember in the early seasons that was one of the biggest criticisms of chris was that like she was so business focused that it left her kids kind of in the in the dark. Um, and a lot of people said that like once Mason was born and once she had grandkids, that part of her kind of calmed down a little when you saw a softer side of Chris. So this was an argument that they have had many times in the past, but that hasn't been brought up in a very long time. At all. And Kendall was with Chris and she was also yelling at her. She's like, you're dancing around things, mom. Like you're not being totally open about this. So Chloe says, she's like, don't back down because these people have no loyalty to you. She's like, we are your family. We are your tribe. She's like, we have your back. She says to her, she's like, you don't have to tell me twice. She's like, I will have your back always. She's like, and I just sometimes wish it was the same from you. She's like, I know your intentions are in the right place, but you're just so concerned about how you're perceived. She was really having, you know, I think that your average person can't understand this dynamic between a mother and a daughter or a parent and a child because most people's parent are not also running this massive empire that involves their perception. So typically it's like your parent is there for you as your parent before your business partner or anything. Like it's, it's much more rare that it's not. So this was a, I would imagine honestly that this happens in other relationships where the parent is the manager, not just the Kardashians. You know what I mean? Right. It was just super intense. So she's just like, 
Chloe now, now that she sees like that Chris, she feels like Chris isn't even with her. She's a full blown basic panic attack. And she's like, who gives a fuck about a brand? Everybody's so worried about a brand. She's like, this is my life. Like my family was ruined. What don't you get? The thing here is that that's so hard about Chris being the mom and the manager at the same time is that in Chris's eyes and as Chris who always thinks big picture, it's like I'm protecting her as a mother in the long run by protecting her brand and our brand and everything. And one day she's going to be thankful that she didn't blow up and that this didn't get taken out of control and that everything kind of remained calm and she was able to move past this. But Chloe obviously in the moment can't see it and that's where the differentiation is. That I don't think Chris was doing this as a way to protect their brand fully or as a way to just like brush Chloe's feelings under the under the rug as a way to um you know keep all of her relationships good and not have to burn any bridges. It's just Chris is big picture and in this moment Chloe just couldn't think like that. And also one could argue that Taking care of her on a business level is taking care of her on a maternal level because the two are well, so. No, tied. no, that, yeah, it, you yeah. Know what I mean? That's what I meant what to say. Saying. Yeah, yeah. The, the correlation between the two. I think what I think what Chloe wanted was basically Kim, Chris, to just like hug her and be like "fuck everyone," and that's not really what she was doing. She was doing a little bit of damage control. I can't think. I can't. Th- I don't think that any of us can speak to how we would be in that situation. Right. I think it was a really hard place, but I got. I totally got what Chloe meant. So we're just going to take a second to tell you guys about Ava Fertility Tracking Bracelet. So if you've ever struggled to conceive, then you know that getting pregnant isn't always easy. Timing is everything, but it can be tough to know when your chances are highest. Which days are you most fertile? Are you tracking your fertile window accurately? So if you've ever wished that you could understand your cycle phases in real time, because even with a lot of these very like popular period tracker apps, there's a large margin of error. And it's important. It's obviously super important to know like when you're menstruating, when you're ovulating, all of these things. So this is what Ava is. It's a Swiss startup company dedicated to advancing women's health and to breaking taboos around discussing the menstrual cycle. So it's a wearable CE certified medical device in the form of a comfortable bracelet that uses cutting edge technology to detect different phases of the menstrual cycle in real time. An amazing feature about this is that it's only worn at night. So even though the bracelet is like totally comfortable and stylish, it only needs to be worn while sleeping. So you go to sleep wearing it, you wake up with more insight into your health and natural cycles. I also just personally love this fact. 20% of the price of Ava goes directly to the company's medical research and development in women's health. Okay, ladies, it's finally time to understand your body. Visit avawomen.com to learn more. And for listeners of our program, you can receive $20 off your order by going to avawomen.com slash celebs and using the code celebs. Again, that's avawomen.com slash celebs and use the code celebs for wherever you are in life. Okay, now back to the show. So they're at Kylie's house in this next scene for this, like, quote, family meeting, which, by the way, MJ is there. Just I wouldn't have – would you have wanted MJ there if you were in this position? Well, it – I wouldn't have wanted her to see, like, everybody so upset. Well, I, I only wouldn't have wanted her there if I felt like I had to hold back, but clearly I don't hold back. Like, she saw Kim's sex tape. Like, what else can No, happen? that's not what I meant. Like, not in the sense that, like, she had to hold back on details. I just felt like, I don't know, I wouldn't want MJ to, like, have to be there and her heart's going to break for all of them go being so upset. It's just like, why put MJ in that position? I know. I think she was happy to feel, I think it made her feel, I know, like, it made young her feel and apart. Yeah, she exactly. likes being a part of everything. Ugh, whatever makes MJ happy makes me happy. Yeah. <laughs> me too. So, you know, like Chloe just still can't get over the fact that she didn't that Jordan hasn't contacted her and Scott's sitting there and Scott's like listen she could be terrified like you guys kind of are pretty powerful people like <laughs> so we've heard like, I don't know you if you got a rep around town it was very funny and she just like again Chloe just can't get over the fact that she did write table and didn't apologize to her so she says 
she's like yeah she, she, in response to that she's like yeah she's scared to come to me like she should have been fucking scared to touch my man but you know what she was too comfortable i have to read an email we got from this girl she like emailed us wrote on our website did everything so i have to read it she was like i know you're watching this but she's like i have a question that i need your opinion on do you think this would have happened if chloe dumped tristan when he first cheated and she's saying i think that this wouldn't have happened because if she dumped him they would have all been talking bad about him um, she's saying like I know that when my friend dumps a guy if I were to see him I would avoid him because it's awkward and has a bad view on him so she's saying like in this hypothetical situation Jordan if Jordan's did still kiss Tristan do you think it would have had as much of an impact she's like I hope this makes sense I'm frantically typing I think that it would have had a large impact but not the biggest one like I don't think it would have been as in, it would have been e- pretty much almost equally as bad but not as intense yeah I don't I don't know it's it's hard to say it's I think that, you know, that argument makes sense. That's like, had they broken up, this never would have even happened because there would have been so much negativity surrounding Tristan. That doesn't make sense to me because there was already so much negativity surrounding Tristan. Anything that was said about Tristan that came out of Chloe's mouth or from the family, Jordan was privy to and and did this supposedly in, like in spite of that. So I, I don't know. I it's, it's, it's Schrodinger's cat. Yeah. And all I love when you throw out the little psychological references. And I think the other thing that's important to note here is like her saying that Jordan was too comfortable. What was, was an interesting it line. It was an interesting line because I almost feel like she would have never said that if this didn't happen because all they would have wanted is Jordan to be so comfortable and be part of the family. I mean, she was living with Kylie. She was helping to raise Stormy. Like But how does comfort equate to this situation? Because you could say Malika's as comfortable as a person can get, but that would never happen. I, I you know, there were a lot of lines in here that that were definitely a little confusing for me. And this this was one of them. And I think we're going to get into the other one like really shortly. Um, but I, I'm just not understanding what comfortable means in terms of this whole situation. Exactly. I think like I, I almost felt like comfortable was being switched with loyal, like loyal. Like, I don't know. It was, it was very bizarre. Yeah. It was something was weird about that. Um, I think she was saying comfortable in the sense of like she, maybe she didn't think that Chloe would have react as much like oh I'm I'm in for life doesn't matter what I do yeah maybe or comfortable in the sense that it's like okay I can hang out with Tristan I'm part of the family it's like as if any other member was with him yeah I don't know Kim then this is just a kind of weird point that I wanted to make this was of. the other thing that I was gonna say her asking Kylie yeah Kim asked Kylie like what she's gonna do with all of Jordan's stuff but I, what does that mean like of course she's gonna give it back to her <laughs> but like. Like what? Like it's not like she's the way that I wasn't sure about was like, okay, Jordan has stuff at Kylie's house because she was living there. Obviously, Kylie's not keeping that stuff hostage. But then I wasn't sure. Does Kim mean all of the like physical things that Kylie has given to her as gifts? It's not like Kylie's gonna ask for those back. Oh, you're saying like the car that she bought her? Yeah, or like a bag or like a Birkin. It's like first of all, it's not like Kylie needs those back. She's she's doing just fine. It's like. It's also not in Kylie's nature or any of their natures to be like, give me all my stuff back. I, I, I don't think that's what I know. I see your confusion. I don't think that's what Kim meant because I don't think that Kim would have ever expected Kylie to take anything away. I think she was genuinely asking more so like logistically, is she going to come take the stuff? Yeah, very weird. Very weird. Another weird line. So Kim poses a really interesting question to the group <laughs> and to us where she's like, do you think ignorance is bliss or are you happy that you know? Like if you had the choice... And I thought this was so interesting. Chloe says, when I was married to Lamar, I didn't know a lot of things until we started going to therapy and everything came out. With Tristan, in order to know things, you need facts. And when he cheated on me when I was nine months pregnant, I knew he was a bad person. But I just didn't know that Jordan was one too. I have to say, it didn't really answer the question. I think that, yeah, I don't know. What do you think? What do I think about the original question or what do I think about what Chloe said? Uh, anything. Just what are your general thoughts? Um, 
on the surface level, ignorance is bliss, but like, God, if this situation and she never found out, imagine, imagine True being 12 years old and having to explain this to her. It's like, uh, yeah, you think ignorance is bliss until it happens at a later date and you have to find out. Ignorance is, ignorance is bliss only lasts so long. You could only live in that world for, for such a period of time. Yeah. I also want to say that when she – it was interesting when she says, I was nine months pregnant. When I was nine months pregnant, he cheated me. I knew he was a bad person. To me, it was like th- – that almost solidified my belief that after the first time, as much as she was like, quote, trying to make it work, it was doomed after that. Like she ha- what she's saying is that she knew at that moment that he was a bad person. A bad person is not a fleeting thought. A bad person right. is not like That's saying he's going through it. A- when you're a bad person, that sticks with you. That's why I think that they were never really going to work on it. There was no way. Do you think she's only able to look back now and be like, this wasn't just a mistake. He's a bad person. But if you had asked her 10 months ago if he was a bad person when this happened, would she have said that yes? No. I th- Maybe she wouldn't have said it, but I think she felt it. And that's why she was lying to she wasn't herself. willing to admit it. You Listen. It's one thing to, like, a random girl one night and a thing, like, fine. Maybe. But the publicity of that first time when your girlfriend is nine months pregnant and knowing it was going to – having no regard, I'm sorry. No, no regard. Forget it. MJ chimes in and she's like, it's such a betrayal. And Chloe says, it's such a betrayal of my soul, my spirit, my heart. Got me. Yeah, they always mention soul and spirit and it always gets you. I know. Well, obviously, that's, like, my language. So let me take you now. They're at Chloe's rental house, and they're You're taking us to Chloe's rental. <laughs> We're really Best traveling. Family vacation ever. <laughs> We're really traveling around California. I know. I can't we just woke up in Palm Springs. It's I amazing. know. We're no already tra- at Chloe's rental. <laughs> no traffic. So Chloe's sitting with True and Penelope and Courtney, which like just forget about it. Anytime Penelope's in a scene, I just lose my mind. I know. Julie writes, Mason swags on in. He literally swags. And he goes, "What's up?" <laughs> He's so swaggy and cool, and just like the coolest little fucking kid ever. And it's very funny. They have this, like, funny back and forth. And Mason says he's going to go upstairs. And she, she's like, okay. And Mason's like, but don't say anything inappropriate. Like, well, I first of all, Mason's you. trying to spy. And she's, he's like, I'm not going to go upstairs. It's funny. I would have loved to know the situation from, like, Mason's perspective, what he thinks is going on. Because he's the only one that's really old enough to be aware. Um, but So he's not going upstairs. And Chloe's like, why don't you go up to True's room with everybody else? Come on, Mason. Go up to True's room. And he's like, you know... I'll go, but just know I'm going to be listening. And she's like, I'm sure you will be. So he's like, just don't say anything too inappropriate. It's like, <laughs> you are such a little person. You're so funny and so Scott, and I just can't get over he's it. He's so Scott. So Tristan keeps texting Chloe, like, will not stop. And he's she's saying, like, she's like, you're the one who did this to me. Like, why are you torturing me? And she's telling Courtney that Tristan's saying, like, you're my soul. You're my partner. And Courtney's like, if you're his soul and his partner, like, why the hell would he treat you like that? It's the exact same fucking way that we felt when he posted that birthday post. You're the most beautiful person I've ever met. The most beautiful human I've ever met. That's how you treat the most beautiful human you've ever met, you piece of shit. It's just really confusing to me because he's saying all of these things and it's like, oh, whether, you know, <laughs> whether you choose to believe the narrative, which obviously we don't at all, and we've said it a million times, that Tristan did this as a way just to get out or that Tristan... Either way, Tristan did not want in this relationship anymore. If you cheat, especially with the best friend of the family, you want out of this situation. Whether it's, you know, you're doing it to get out or you're just doing it and you also want out. I'm not understanding why Tristan is now fighting to get her back or trying. It's just such a manipulation. I think it just goes on what we were talking about last time, that to his core, he's a raging narcissist and he just never, he doesn't want to look bad in her eyes, even if he doesn't want her. You know what I mean? This was, to me, was, like, one of the most interesting lines of the entire episode when she says, 
um, like in response to talking about the text, she's like, either he's realizing now that what he did was bad or maybe he just knows that these are things to say. The reason I found that line so interesting is because I thought, felt like she was looking at him like a psychological case study as if he is a sociopath. And yes. that's how she was. She's like, maybe he just like looked up in the dictionary that this is what you say when you cheat on your like you cheat on your girlfriend. Like she was basically saying that there's no way that these are his raw emotions because he simply doesn't possess them. That's how I felt. It's. Yeah, it was that line was really, really interesting because I think that's always how we felt also that like there is he doesn't possess that emotion. And it's just by the textbook. And I, I was looking at a tweet the other day that kind of reminded me of this. And it was talking about like it's completely off topic, but talking about like how guys who claim to be, quote, nice guys are so set in that be- and do things so um, by the book because they don't know what women actually want. So they're so focused on what they think they're supposed to do. And that's what this reminded me of. Mm-hmm. That it's like he just knows what he's supposed to do but can't feel and understand what he's actually supposed to do. Did you have the same th- same, same thought that I did when I was watching this? I was wondering if any of this applied to their sex life. Like, do you think that he's like a, you know, the giving partner? No. Like I was, that's exactly what I was thinking. I was thinking there's no fucking way. No, I can't imagine that. Um, but I don't know. I would love like some insight. But, and here's the thing about Chloe based on her personality. And I'm not saying this is definite, but just if you're going based on Chloe's giving personality. Yeah. I know what you're going to say. Not that she would uh, necessarily be okay with that, but it's more important for her to please the other yeah, person she's like, than I don't to need to pleased. come every time but like right yeah. but as long as you do yeah I swear to God when we were watching this that was all I was thinking about like I want I forget I've, I've had that thought about Chloe a lot I just yeah. want her to explain what that was like like I've, I have I wonder what it's like to be sleeping with someone who has this intense level of narcissism while simultaneously having this need to appear favorable you know it's it's really interesting like if we're looking at this from just like a a sex life perspective because we also don't know what chloe's other relationships are and like what guys were like in bed with her but if you're going to compare her two major relationships which is this and lamar lamar who was a sex addict was obviously um operating in an incredibly hedonistic style which was what's best for him in terms of sex Tristan as a narcissist would obviously or presumably be doing the same thing. It's just interesting to think of that from that perspective mm-hmm. because Lamar was, and and I know this is going to sound crazy, Lamar was more um, intuitive of Chloe's feelings than Tristan was. I think Lamar genuinely cared and had, you know, obvious problems that preve- prevented him from being able to truly show that or truly, you know, step up and be the man that he wanted to be. I don't know if Tristan ever cared. I, can, I don't know if Tristan has it in him is what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, I don't know if he genuinely possesses that capability. And I think Lamar has it in him, and it was just demons that we can't understand. I, I, I don't think Tristan has that capability. No, I think that Lamar was suffering with addiction, which is a very legitimate disease, whereas Tristan didn't have that necessarily. He has a a real personality issue, perhaps. Yeah. Totally interesting. That would That's why, like, I would love to sit down with, with, I mean, in my ideal world, this would never happen, sit down with Chloe and with, like, a sex therapist and have her mm-hmm. outline some of her relationships because you know what I wonder? What if, like, if she was paired up with a guy that was like, you know what, it's all about you. Like, I'm going to go down on you until you're just, like, fucking dying and, and see if she would even be comfortable with that. Like, I think that she's so used to being in this role of being the giver in so many aspects of her and, life. Uh, yeah. And you can see when she's making her bed and spraying the Febreze on it. It's like if your if your goal is to constantly make the other person and, and that's your, you know, your belief of how you get love, right? And I'm not just saying this specifically about Chloe. I think this is a thing that a lot of women have and a lot of a lot and like probably a lot of guys too on the reverse. If your 
um, goal is to constantly make the other person feel, you know, comfortable at their best, drive their ego. Like, and that's how you think you're going to get love in return because you're making them feel the best and you're hyping them up. Then your bedroom experience would presumably be no different. Exactly. It's really, really Isn't interesting. interesting yeah, it is. To think about? It really is. Yeah, I want to like do research on that. She also said to Courtney, she's like, you know, as much as she like hated the text, she was like, I actually appreciate it because it's the first time I'm getting anything from him. She was like, when this happened, like when this happened when she was nine months pregnant, she's like, he was living in the same house as me. Like he didn't have to do all this to try to get me back. We were physically together. She's like, I actually appreciate it because I feel like at least I knew I mattered to you in some degree. She's like, I hate that line. I hated that line too, but I felt like it was her. The reason I didn't even want to critique her for it is because I felt like it was her clinging on to any sort of hope that hope that, that this me. that her judgment wasn't so off in him and that there was a part of her that can still say like at one point he loved me and i a, a message to all let's not confuse manipulation with actually caring this is manipulation the point that you just made though was like i'm like i'm so glad you said it because that's exactly what i was thinking before is that i didn't look at this as her clinging on to the last bit of hope for him it was her clinging on to the last bit of hope, like you just said, of her judge of character. Because that's what I think was making her go so crazy right now. It was like, she feels like her judge of character is so fucked up that like, maybe if there was a sliver of hope that he really did care about me, I wasn't so wrong. That's yeah. what it was to me. And I think so too. And that's something that we've spoken about. It's like, my thing with Chloe moving forward in relationships is not so much how do you trust someone else again. It's how do you trust yourself? And how can you be so wrong? Not just once, but twice. I mean... I mean, say what you want about Lamar and where he is now and the strides he's making. It's like she was still wrong about what she got herself into and what she presumed that relationship was going to be. Same in this case. And it's like, how how do you trust your own judgment going forward when there's everything's going against you? And it's not that Chloe's a, a bad person or she's just I think she's such a good person that it sometimes is to a fault. I completely agree with you. She says very plainly, she's like, there are no amount of phone calls and text messages that are ever going to repair me and Tristan. I, I don't know what self-respecting human being could take anyone back. But she said that. Same. We're taking a quick break to tell you guys about Honey. I know you're probably wondering, what is Honey? Well, first, let's talk about something that we can all agree on, which is saving money. Honey is a free browser extension that scans the web for coupon codes and discounts while you shop online. So it automatically applies the biggest savings to your cart at checkout, like magic. It works on over 20,000 sites, for example, Amazon, Nordstrom, J. Crew, Nike, Best Buy, Target, Macy's, the list goes on. It takes zero effort to install, just two clicks, and you'll start saving anytime you shop online. Personally, I tried this, and I did it on Nordstrom. I was buying a pair of shoes, and I ended up saving, like, I think it was like 1927, something ridiculous. And I was like, wow, I had absolutely no idea. I ended up getting them for like $81, and I was expecting to spend way more. So I can attest to the fact that it really does work. Um, this this woman, Irene, tweets and says, I totally thought at Honey was a scam, but I just got $300 worth of bathing suits for $180. That's the thing. I think a lot of people think that it's a scam, and then you actually use it, and you're like, oh, my God, this really works. So that's the thing. You probably are thinking it sounds too good to be true. It's free. It saves you money. What's the catch? It's pretty simple. When you use a coupon provided by Honey, they earn a small commission from the merchant and they pass along some of the savings to their members. So really, it's a win-win for everybody, which I love that they're so transparent about that. So look, there's really no reason not to use Honey if you're shopping anyway. It's free to use and easy to install on your computer in just two clicks. Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com CBC. That's joinhoney.com CBC. Honey, online savings simplified. Okay, we have two more scenes left, guys. So the next one is... 
Kim was talking to the camera about how, like, Chloe got really pissed about Red Table Talk and started just tweeting. And she's like, obviously, she shouldn't have done that. But she's like, Jordan went on Red Red Table Talk to speak her truth. Chloe felt like she had a different version, so she started jumping in. And, of course, we can all sit back in retrospect and be like, that wasn't the right move. At the time, she physically couldn't control it. This was so fucking interesting. Kim is at Chloe's rental house, and she wants to go in to make sure she's okay. And before she walks in the bedroom, she's like, I have the cameras with me. Like, is that okay? I don't I've remember. Never. I've never seen that on Kardashians, or at least in my recollection. I of, don't think so either. Of them, like, even confronting the fact that there are cameras with them. Yeah, like, the acknowledgement of them. It was really interesting. There are these, like, gorgeous red roses, and Kim's like, who are they from? And she's like, Tristan, obviously. I mean, the, I was shocked that that whole room wasn't fucking filled with Jeff Lee's and flowers if Tristan was smart. Anyway, so Chloe's talking about the tweets to Kim, and, like, we knew, we said this, that even though it was so wrong that she did it, I can only imagine what she was going through in the moment. And she said, she's like... I tweeted out of emotion and I shouldn't have, but I don't understand how this flipped. Like, how is this narrative flipped? How can two people do something so wrong and all of a sudden I'm the fucking, like, the bad one here? Yeah. I understand how it was flipped and and we spoke about this after the Red Table Talk episode that it was like, if, 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 Jordan's account of what happened was truly right, then there's no reason for the family to be mad at her for what transpired that night. If. Chloe's thought on it is one what Jordan said isn't true so she's not operating under that assumption that there are even people that are are understanding Jordan's side two her whole thing is that Jordan never apologized so it's like every way that Chloe looks at it Jordan's wrong in some respect there's something she did wrong there were people looking at it they're like there's nothing that Jordan's done wrong. How dare this family vilify her for this? And that's where the disconnect between Chloe and not understanding how the, the narrative was switched. Completely. Also, I feel like we just have to acknowledge how calming and rational and like perfect Kim was in this scenario. Middle child. A middle child and Libra. Like she really was a combination of both of those things. She was so on point with this whole thing. What was interesting is that Chloe was like voicing the fact that she's like, I feel bad that people are saying that that you know jo- jordan takes the sole blame for being the reason they broke up because her one tweet made it seem like that's what she meant she's like that is not what i meant she's like of course it takes two people but like she's a part of it like right it was just, oh my god she said um this was really emotional in her confessional this is where she's in that blue which everybody dm'd us about yeah she looked gorgeous with the diamond true choker and like the short blonde hair and the blue i have outfit. to say i love them in those thick chains that one kim outfit where she's in that gray shirt and the thick chain i love i die for me too and she says to the confessional chloe she's like you have to be really strong for this environment that we created and she's saying like she hopes that you know this can make them both better and she's like i'm not just a tv show this is my life couple things first of all that line fucking hit i'm sure it hit you all as hard as it hit us but number two i was really glad that she said you have to be really strong for this environment that we created instead of this environment that we're in yeah because it took the ownership of like i know that this is only so public because we have made our lives so public she no one could because then no one could call her out being like what the fuck you you made this environment she's she's calling it out directly there i was so glad she said another line i really liked was whether she you know truly meant it or not was when she said um like if this can make them both better people, I can handle it. I'm strong enough to like go through that as long like if they're coming out. And it's such a Chloe line to have that perspective that it's like, well, at least they fucked up and it may have been at my expense, but they're going to be better people because of this. I genuinely don't believe she's just saying that for the camera. I, I don't either. I think it's a really Chloe thing to say. And I will say that I think that 
I think Jordan could come out of this a better person. I don't know if there's hope for Tristan here. But who knows? I don't think anyone's a lost cause completely. I just, I don't know if if he's, um, I don't know. I don't know if he'll Let me tell there. you something about Tristan. If Tristan decides that he really wants to settle down and be in a marriage, it's going to have to be a known thing that it's going to have to be an open marriage. That's, in my belief, that's the only way that he'll have a successful relationship. And there are a lot of women that would be thrilled to do that. Truly. Do you think there's any scenario where he can work on himself enough to get to a point where he it wouldn't have to be an open marriage or i have a question do you think he would even want an open marriage because if the way he is is the thrill of cheating then an open marriage does nothing for him it's not just about sex for him Mm -hmm. lamar you can say okay the way he was it has to be an open marriage and he's willing to be you know so good to the person he's married and then also sleep around because it's part of like his addiction or and and not that everyone who has an open marriage is a sex addict it's just like it's about sex at that point I think Tristan gets off on the 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 chaos that he creates. So mm-hmm. I don't think even an open marriage would be a logical thing for him because there's no chaos then. It's just permission. Mm-hmm. It's boring. You're right. That's a great point. I don't know. Well, I, I really don't know. Then what's his life? Just a continual stream of breakups or... Because here's the thing about Tristan. It's like... <laughs> like, yeah, obviously there's like some, you know, sex to it why he's cheating but don't tell me you got off on one kiss with Jordan. No, I mean, listen. I'm not like, <laughs> it's not like you kiss and came and it was the best night of your life. I mean, was about that was say. about chaos. That was about doing something for, I don't know. That's the most interesting part about all of this. It wasn't like he was like, like I couldn't get off. The baby was crying all night. Like I had to just like, what the fuck? Like, no. What do you get out of it? It was a kiss. Yeah. yeah. What he needs. Like, if that you was You get his- manipulation exactly. out of it. Exactly. If that was his thing, he would have some, like, really sick room in his house where he can go and put on whatever, like, dirty shit he watches and just, like, jack off for as long as he wants. You know what I mean? Like, he didn't need to kiss Jordan Woods to, like, make his dick hard. Let's let's be really, like, straight up in that. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, the last scene is <sighs> Chloe calls Chris to apologize for how she basically freaked out on her about the whole Jada um, Red Table Talk thing. And she was so calm and she was like, you know, I just felt like you weren't defending your own kids. And she's like, listen, nobody else is going to stand by our side the way that our family will. She's like, and I just feel like everybody's so focused on pleasing everyone. And she's like, I know that you want to protect Kylie. I know it. She's like, but it just hurt me. And Kim, Chris was so understanding. It was such a productive and like healthy and beautiful way to end, I felt. I so agree. Yeah. Um, and then it just ended with like a recap of, you know, video of all of the kids playing and, and Saint, oh my God, Saint running into Kim's arms. Kanye teaching North in the office how to skateboard. Was that, who's I house? think it was an office. That was an office. But um, still, Kanye's got a, like a, a half pipe. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Look at you, Tony Hawk. Yeah. Um, Scott sitting with all the kids on the swing. Like the whole thing was just so sweet. And it ended by Chloe saying, it was like a voiceover of her saying, through thick and thin, we have taken the, those vows and we will ride till the end. And. I mean, fucking moment of silence. It was an excellent episode. Really excellent, excellent finale. Excellent episode. And I, I can't wait for next I season. I cannot wait. We already are just beyond excited. So that is it for today. The next, our regular episode will air, I don't know, either tomorrow or the next day. So we're all figuring it out. But this was incredible. And I can't wait for next week. I mean, going forward, we're just going to do Kardashian bonus episodes. That and aren't... send us suggestions. Like, we, we're, yeah. 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 We, we have a list. what you guys want. Yeah, we have a list, but keep sending. Okay, we love you guys. As always, if you feel so inclined to write a review, it really, really helps us. It takes three seconds, and we, I can't tell you how much we appreciate it. Okay, love you. Let's talk about baby making for a second, because it's really not as simple as it's made out to be, meaning there's just factually a lack of knowledge surrounding how to get pregnant 
And kind of, you know, for many of us, we spend our lives trying to prevent unwanted pregnancy that when you do want to conceive, there's almost a lack of understanding and resources, which is why I want to introduce you to Frida Fertility. Frida Fertility is the only one-stop shop that makes it easier to make a baby with a set of solutions for everything from egg and sperm health to ovulation tracking to conception aid. And basically what Frida is doing is simplifying the journey to parenthood with products that help you go from trying to making a baby. And their products are innovative, easy to use, accessible, from ovulation prediction to at-home insemination kits. They're kind of revolutionizing the conception aid game with the at-home insemination kit, which is almost, you can think of it as like a modern, effective solution to the turkey baster. This is baby making simplified. Find Frida Fertility on Amazon, Target, and select CVS near you.